There's been a murder of podcast. A bloody mess. It's a Christmas special. Hello guys and welcome to a wee Christmas special. We've got a wee treat for all our listeners, all 66 of you so far. As it's Christmas, we thought we'd put together a little small episode, nothing major. See, I've got quite a bit of experience of slipping something small in. Awkward silence. We're going to be um, <laughs> we're going to be telling you small stories of some crimes that you may not have known about, um, and they've happened during the festive season throughout the years. Contrary to public opinion, it isn't always a season to be jolly. Oh, that's true, actually, and we're about to find that out. To, to stress the point, no major research has been done. We've just done some simple Google searches and um, Wikipedia pages, really. Yeah, Didn't so put a lot of effort into this. <laughs> if, you, if you thought the normal episodes were bad, then you'll hate this one. I haven't read a book for this. But um, before we get going, let me introduce my usual co-host. He's already been speaking. He's my good friend, my little English muffin. He's James. Hello. Hey, James. Hiya. This is actually a Skype call, so I'm watching James as we speak, <clears> and he's fucking beautiful. I'm watching you and our special guest co-host as well. And oh, it's quite, uh, it's, you it's, can probably hear him, hear him giggling away already. It's quite off-putting because as I'm talking, I've just got you two staring at me intently. It's like a job interview. My bald head and this guy's beautiful face. Yeah. Um, well, let what? me introduce him. You love him. You hate him. You maybe don't even know him. If you found us through the Fair City Podcast Network, it's David Stobie. The man himself. Hey! you hype me up. What up, guys? How you doing? I'm good. Yeah. I'm, Welcome. I'm excited. Welcome. I'm, like I'm behind ex- the scenes. Yeah, you yeah. are. This is this is what we do. Except we're usually you, James is sitting there, oh. and we're usually like in our boxers. Right. Okay. And more drunk. I I can do yeah. all of that. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. We'll take a five minute break while I get still be drunk. Zip. And I'm already um, in my boxers. <laughs> oh yeah. I love the fact that when you gave me the information for the episode, you're like, you can introduce yourself and it's very open-ended. Yeah, it is. It's dangerous territory, man. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> I'm as excited as Kate and Jerry when the police dropped the investigation. Whoa! <laughs> Yay! Topical. Whoa. That's, that's the most offensive thing we've said on this podcast so far. <laughs> yeah, only because episode two of Napper isn't out yet. <laughs> yes, I said podcast. I have an interesting fact about oh, podcasts. Yes! Oh, yes! Yes! Did you know podcasts have their roots dating back to the 1980s and they were known then as audio blogging? Audio blogging? Blogging. Blo- audio blogging. Yes. Easy for you to say. Okay. Uh, yeah, it is. I can't say that. Audio blogging. Bear <laughs> me trying to pronounce Asperger's. <laughs> that's probably the most offensive thing that's been on our podcast. Me trying to say Asperger's and I say Asperger's. <laughs> Yeah, even though every time that I said it, I would pronounce it correctly and stared intently at you. You then go, yes, Asperger's. Just wait till the next episode comes out. I say some pretty disgusting shit in that. Yeah, uh, for those of you thinking that Stoby sounds familiar, he's our go-to voice actor for quotes, voiceovers, answer phone messages, and dubbing sex tapes. Yeah, he is, yeah. yeah he, did, he did a few quotes for us in the, the Napa episodes and the um, Peter Manuel episodes as well. Yeah. So he's been quite involved... And, you know, just a special thanks. Without Stobie, this wouldn't be happening. Like, exactly. Anyway, so, 
I mean, lots of people have, have kind of like daft ideas and grandiose ideas, but when Chen said to me, by the way, I think we should do a podcast, I thought, that's a daft idea. But then he explained to me that they have this whole network behind it all, and I thought, well, actually, this is probably going to happen. And yeah, it's, and someone, it's someone else is driving it for us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Someone with experience, and it's uh, it's it's going really, really well, and it's all down to you, Stobie, so thank you. No, no, you guys have the drive in it. I just got used to going, maybe. Yeah. Put the idea in your head. We've got more followers followers than you. <laughs> you, you just get your Fair City Podcast <laughs> Network t-shirt out, did you? Yeah. Oh, fucking idiot. Right. Oh, so... So you've got more than 3,800 followers? Shut up. Right, okay, cool. No. We don't. Um, <laughs> what, what's, what's the most downloaded episode on your network, Stobby? <laughs> <laughs> episode 12 yeah what's... four podcasts collide is it actually now yeah it's oh, a four podcast one 400 or something really no oh, this is mine <laughs> um, so our one our episode one is still the highest 207 last 207 time. on the Fair City Podcast Network our and episode 3 is the highest on our one on our podbean at the moment excellent I think episode 6 will overtake it because it's a very good episode so go listen to it I think that episode three was when people realised that it wasn't going to get any better, and then they just stopped listening. <laughs> yeah, sharply declined from 14 to 11 listeners. Yeah, it, that's like a large percentage, it's like an 18% drop. <laughs> right, we ready to crack on? Yes. So those of you who listen to us will know that up until this point we've only really covered um, serial killers. This episode will give you a brief overview of some crimes that may be considered as spree kills rather than serial murders. <clears throat> now, for the uninitiated, there is a difference between serial killers and spree killers, and pretty much it's as simple as the time between the attacks. See, serial killers have elapsed times between their killings, sometimes years, even though times be- between the killings reduces as time progresses. As an example, this is Jeffrey Dahmer. There was nine years between his first and second murders. But, Must have got hungry. Yeah. <laughs> but interestingly... <laughs> The third was only a year after that, so you can see how it ramps up and accelerates and and, and builds, really. Where if with spree killers, as the term implies, they go on a killing spree. And generally, it's one extended period of consecutive murders without a cooling-off period. You can also look into it as being a difference in the mental conditions of the spree killers versus serial killers as well. Because a lot of spree killers suffer like a mental break and snap, and it's a psychotic episode... Whereas serial killers generally have ways of dealing with their perversions and obsessions and fixations and they start to hide the behaviours and traits that they know are not normal. So it's more of a conscious calculating way and they'll often hide their crimes whereas spree killers, as we'll hear in this, will generally go out and just kill someone, move on, kill someone, move on and they won't be hiding of the bodies or covering tracks or anything like that. They just seem to do it out of something um, triggers and they just go mental and then yeah. they, just go, they just go on a spree kill really. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, it's not cold and calculated; just brutal as shit. Yeah, definitely. It is basically like I can't think of the term. So <laughs> we'll edit this bit out. Yeah, it's like something, or we'll just leave another awkward silence. Yeah. Crime number one: <laughs> Bruce, <laughs> Bruce Jeffrey Pardo, what became as known as the. Covina Massacre in 2008. Pardo was from a place in America called San Fernando Valley in the county of Los Angeles, California. Taken from Wikipedia, is home to around 1.77 million people and is roughly 260 square miles. 
is very famous for being a pioneer in the 1970s in the adult film industry, and it grew to become a home of become the home of the multi-billion-dollar industry. And it kind of earned a nickname, San Pornando Valley. <laughs> That's inventive, isn't it? <laughs> That's brilliant. I'd have called it San Fernand Dick. Fernand San <laughs> Vagina. Uh, I mean, obviously, the porn industry nowadays is very different to how it used to be. And for a great podcast on the changes to the industry and the human effects of it, I recommend that our listeners check out The Butterfly Effect by John Ronson. Now, this is a fantastic, non-smutty look at the people themselves affected by the changes to the industry. And it's John Ronson, so it's going to be amazing. I don't know. Definitely recommend you go and listen to that. He wrote wrote the original factual book, The Men Who Stare at Goats. I do. Yeah, before it was fictionalised and turned into a film. I only know the film, I don't know it's from a book. I just remember yeah, George the, Clooney busting clouds. Yeah, but basically the book is the book is factual, 100% true. He oh, meets really? the people who's, who say they can do these things, who st- like a bloke that stares at his hamster and says, look, it died, and then it came back. Well, that's <laughs> and, amazing. And John Ronson, John yeah, Ronson was like, amazing. did it not just stand still? <laughs> right. So enough about porn anyway. We, yeah. can, we can discuss that after the podcast is over. <laughs> Maybe someone, maybe someone can explain why I keep seeing brother sister porn on my usual websites. Actually, I, I, I've seen family photos of your brother with your sister. As far as I'm aware, the websites are filtered to show you material similar to your search history. So perhaps you need to take a long hard look at yourself, Chen. I've been searching my family tree. I want to know my Asian roots. I saw, I saw my brother's Asian root. <laughs> Is it a bonsai tree? <laughs> <laughs> right, I should note before we get going that Pardo, who was 45 at the time, had no previous rec- police record and along with no history of violence. What drove this man to do what he did is beyond my comprehension. So in total, Pardo murdered nine people in one planned, brutal and malicious attack. All the victims were in some way related to Pardo's ex-wife, Sylvia Ortego, Ortega Pardo. Um, we'll now discuss the potential motive for the attacks. Police reckon that it was down to mar- marital hardship and eventual divorce of Bruce and Sylvia. The, they were married possibly around about a year. They soon grew apart as Bruce had refused to open a joint account with Sylvia and he had expected her to look after her own three children. I'm guessing that she had three kids to another man or men and he, he expected her to look after them with her own money. He was basically refusing to pay for anything to do with the children that were not his. There was also speculation that Bruce had concealed the child of his own from Sylvia and that she had somehow found out about it. So basically, he's a bit of a prick all round, even before the murders start. Yeah, he's a bit of a bellend. I actually read into this secret child and found like some news, news articles, and basically, it was, it was when the child that he had was one... They suffered brain damage after a result of falling into a swimming pool accident when he was looking after them, and they were unattended. So basically, it was like he was just not paying attention. The child fell in the swimming pool, and that's a terrible accident. But and he, and by all accounts, when the child was in the hospital, he was the doting father. He was at the bedside. He, they were just inseparable. It was fine. But six months, twelve months after the accident happened, the relationship with the mother broke down, and after he split up, he just fucked them both off basically, yeah. and uh, he. He just had no contact with them, he didn't pay any money, anything like that, and he kept the child, and also the child's medical condition, the fact that they were disabled, wheelchair-bound, a complete secret from Sylvia, his current wife. He's just a total wanker. 
Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, before he killed them, he was even a wanker. Yeah, I mean, his ex-partner had to actually take legal action to try and pay for the medical expenses for his old disabled child that he just shrugged his way out of. And she was so guilty for doing that. And she didn't want to do it, but she had no option because she was going to be made bankrupt herself. See, now, with the benefit of hindsight, my spider sense is tingling. You've got spider senses? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. What's that noise? It's, it's me agreeing with you. Oh. <laughs> so in, in June of 2008, Bruce was ordered to ordered by the divorce court to pay Sylvia $1,785 a month in child support and also eventually pay, ended up paying $10,000 as part of the settlement. Sylvia also kept the wedding ring, uh, presumably worth a lot, and she kept the family dog. And talk about kicking a kicking a man when he's down. <laughs> Can't keep his dog. <laughs> no, I actually looked into this, and usually pets are treated as property during a divorce, so it could simply have been down to the fact that she'd bought the dog or he gave it to her as a gift. Uh, but, however, in a recent case in Alaska, uh, the courts actually took into account the dog's welfare when deciding where it should go, so they started to be treated more like children. Really? Yeah. There's, there's, there's a case where it was like a childless couple had this dog, and they both treated it like a child and they were saying well the judge viewed it the same as the desk but the people viewed it as a child do you think they're doing so, the, like oh the dog's 16 now it should go live by itself and it's just died well, in no, the house just, I think they just cut it in half <laughs> fucking hell <laughs> did uh, you say Alaska yeah I have an interesting fact about Alaska how did you how did you do this <laughs> you don't even know what he's going to say fucking wizard <laughs> Did you know in Alaska it's really fucking cold? <laughs> Fair enough. I thought you had some amazing fact. I thought you'd been conspiring behind my back. Actually, the I was so impressed. I've been to Wolverine the Long Night is set in Alaska. Is it? Uh, just at the cusp of, you know, when they go into like so many months of darkness. Yeah, okay. But that's about it. It's yeah. not interesting. Well, that like, like 30 interesting. days like thirty days of night. That's that film with, with vampires, isn't it? Mm, Yeah. I watched From Dust Till Dawn the other night. That's a great film. See, the thing with that film, I never saw it when it first came out. And when I've tried watching it recently, it just seems really dated. I thought you were going to say really gay. I was like, be what I want. <laughs> right. So, Pardo had also confided in a friend that Sylvia was taking him to the cleaners. I don't know why he's Scottish, but um, taking him to the cleaners during the divorce. And this surely must have pissed him off. Also, the fact that she was receiving all this money, still living with her parents, not paying rent, she managed to buy a luxury car. Went this on, just sounds like me. <laughs> went on to gambling trips to Vegas, was eating at fine restaurants, getting massages, and even golf lessons. While he had lost his job as an electrical engineer and was really living a tough life. I can understand how upset and angry uh, he would have been, but none of this is good enough reason to do what he did next. Now, what comes next is not nice, so here's your warning. Don't fucking listen. Approximately half past 11 at night on Christmas Eve, December 24th, 2008, one week after the divorce was finalised. This was at the house of Sylvia's parents. Bruce arrived dressed as Santa Claus, and instead of a sack of presents, he was carrying four 9mm semi-automatic handguns. Which begs the question, how many hands did he actually have? <laughs> Santa sack. Once, once he knocked on the door three times, it was answered by his, and, and his niece-in-law ran to greet him. 
This niece-in-law was eight years old and she was shot in the face. She did not die, but that's not the point. Bruce then proceeded to indiscriminately fire at, um, at any of the 25 people attending this Christmas party. People said that they think um, he ended up standing over some victims and executed them with gunshots to the head. Jesus Christ. It's fucking horrific, isn't it? Yeah, that's awful. After he'd finished shooting, he brought out his main present for the party, a homemade flamethrower. Oh. Being ever the method actor, he had actually wrapped the flamethrower as a present. He used this to um, cover the rooms in racing fuel, and he set the house ablaze. Although nine people were killed, more were injured. The eight-year-old previously mentioned... A 16-year-old girl shot in the back um, did not die from her injuries. A 20-year-old woman suffered a broken ankle from jumping out the second floor window while escaping. One person did manage to escape um, to a neighbour's and alerted the authorities. The blaze that took hold of the house was said to reach 40 to 50 feet in the air and it took 80 brave firefighters an hour and a half to extinguish. Due to the severity of the burned bodies, identification had to be done using um, dental records and medical records. What kind of fire in a house needs 80 people to take it down? Maybe it was a big house. It must have been for that. So. <coughs> it was just made well, of kindling. About it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would just go, yeah. it's gone. I can't see any reason why this extension made of fire lighters can go wrong. <laughs> it's just a house building matches. Yeah, I mean, when you think about it, forty to fifty feet is like the height the height of a house on top of a house. Yeah. So this is it's a big fire, and the thing is that you're saying you're spraying racing fuel everywhere. Racing fuel burns a lot quicker than petrol. It's insane. Yeah, so that explains that one. But eighty firefighters still does seem like a lot, but it is what it is. That's what Wikipedia said. So Bruce, after the attack, fled thirty miles away in his rental car. To his brother's house. His brother was not at home, and at this moment his plans were unclear. Investigators found after he had booked flights to Canada with a layover in Minnesota, where he had a friend who he called and told he was planning a visit. We aren't sure if this was to fool police or if these were his actual plans. Uh, reports also suggest that part of the Santa outfit was actually melted into his skin. And that's like that film Clown. Have you seen Clown? No. James, no. well, fucking, this has just ruined this conversation. <laughs> it's a guy, he goes into his attic yeah. or he finds an old clown's, <clears throat> clown suit which belonged to, like, this mass murderer back in the day, and the, the clown suit, like, morphs into his body and he just kills everyone. It's really gory. James, you'd like it. I probably would like that, actually, if it's gory. Yeah, look it up. Look, not right now. I, I will look it up. <laughs> not right now. Get no, off I'm your looking. phone. <laughs> trying to record a fucking podcast here. Clown, 2014, certificate 18, drama, fantasy, horror, thriller, 5.7 out of 10, Metascore, 42 out of 100. I don't think I'll be watching that. Watch it. It sounds like a lot of shit. It's got boobs. I might give it a go. (laughs) (laughs) Reconsidered. (laughs) Yeah. Right, the police had also found that in his car, the Santa suit had been rigged to explode if removed. Very much like my own clothes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> alongside the four guns all emptied $17,000 of cash wrapped in cling film 200 rounds of ammunition and the car was eventually dealt with by the bomb squad and they fired it fuck I can't even read one writing the car was eventually dealt with by the bombs, bomb squad and they fired it in an incendiary device which burned and destroyed the car when searching his house they found five empty gun boxes 
two shotguns and what they describe as a virtual bomb factory. See, funnily enough, Virtual Bomb Factory was one of the less successful Nintendo Wii games. <laughs> well, I want to know. They found five um, empty gun boxes. Where's the fifth gun? Because he took four to the house. He took four to the party. Where's the fifth one? That's actually a really good point. Yeah. Stobie's now re- he's reading my notes to see if there was four guns. No, it's because I thought you'd said something about a shotgun as well. Yeah, but... there's two shotguns. Two shotguns. Oh, yeah. But he didn't take them to the party. So he had six guns and five empty gun boxes then? Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, so where's the other gun? No, he's got six guns. He took four to the party, he's left two in the house, or two in the car. So where's the other box then? Yeah, I don't know, he probably just... The box is in his house. This is one of he my He might have had a box for it. <laughs> Perhaps he kept that one on him at all times, to be prepared for invasion. We're going to do a big documentary on where this missing gun box or gun is. See this extra box on your table? Yeah, that's my Christmas hamper. Do you want some cookies? I've got cookies. <laughs> Does it have a revolver in it? Does it have a revolver in it? No, it's got a shotgun. What? Anyway, that's all academic because arriving at his brother's house, Bruce Jeffrey Pardo uh, shot himself. That's where the extra gun was. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> I'm glad so this whole past five so minutes. He could have shot himself, <laughs> resulting in his death. <laughs> yeah, okay, because they found four guns in the. That's where the extra gun is. Sorry, we've so wasted basically five minutes of your life. The last five minutes of the conversation could be solved oh, if you just remembered what you'd written. Yeah. Bruce, Bruce <laughs> Jeffrey Pardo shot himself, resulting in his death. Done. See, see I, I hate these really selfish divorce crimes. It's it's like when the the father kidnaps the kids and then kills them, and it's kind of like that, if I can't have them, no one can way. I mean, divorces are traumatic and stressful times, but it's a fucking really selfish way to act, and it really riles me up. Yeah, I'd agree. As a child owner, I'd completely agree. <laughs> child owner. <laughs> this right. this is just backed up by that cold hard stare over Skype yeah. you just gave me. Then Stormy. I know. Sometimes you just can't tell if he's joking or not. As a dedicated child owner, that was convincing. He's a horrible person. <laughs> right. Murders number two. Sounds good. Joseph. McEnroe and Michelle Anderson the Carnation Massacre these murders occurred on December 24th 2007 in a house near Carnation Washington 2010 census indicated a population of 17,000 nope 1,786 people not much else is going on there according to Wikipedia what time was that? Carnation I have a fact about Carnation Carnation Washington is it? Carnation Washington was originally known as Tolt, T O L T, and the name was changed to honour a local farm that was part of the Carnation Milk Company. You know Carnation Milk, those little red and white tins of condensed milk that everyone's grand's got in the cupboard. See the name changed (laughs) back and forth between Tolt and Carnation. It was like maybe not your grand, Chen. No, 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 no. She's got like dried plums or something. Yeah, chicken feet. That's enough about medical conditions. <laughs> <laughs> but they basically kept changing the name backwards and forwards between Tolt and Carnation. They changed it in 1918, 1928, and in 1951 they said, enough's enough, it's called Carnation. Now, TripAdvisor recommends a trip to the Fall Fest at Remlinger Farms. And according to TripAdvisor user Rusty in Seattle, the pies are the best on the planet, maybe the universe. 
they? Proceed. The universe. Yeah. They've never had one of those. I've not had like space pies. (laughs) Venus pies. Could be a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Six victims in total here. (laughs) (laughs) Eight now, me and Jim. Yeah. Victims of my shite humor. Six victims in total here. Murders. These murders happened in the home of um, the parents of Michelle Anderson, and all victims were members of her family. There is no clear motive for these, but it's believed that had something to do with a monetary dispute between the families. According to testimony, Joseph and Michelle both armed themselves and drove out to the home of Michelle's parents, Wayne and Judy, on the afternoon of 24th December 2007, and the pair rolled up to the house and set about their work. See, I was thinking about it. Can you just imagine the drive over there? Because it sounds like they're not like down the road. When it it sounds like it was quite a, a distance, and you're thinking, was it a tense journey? Did they have the radio on? Wonder what like, music they're listening to. Oh yeah, exactly. And you know, if you imagine people seeing them drive past and thinking, oh, they look grumpy, or like, <laughs> what if someone oh, like they've got guns? <laughs> yeah, but like, what if someone like had road rage at them, not knowing what they were like prepared yeah. to do? Someone's like, come on then, and they're there with like all this murderous intent inside their tiny little minds no you're right um, that's that's really something to think about thank you maybe they were driving there and people are just like why the fuck are these people going to Carnation <laughs> Carnation is going on what incarnations? oh god <laughs> Carnation a place so boring the most interesting thing is they change their name every few years <laughs> Right when they arrive. If we have any, if, if we have any listeners in Carnation, uh, please don't unsubscribe. Get a fucking life. Please tell us more interesting facts. Yeah, give us more, give us more interesting facts. Can you send us one of the pies? Yeah, we'll judge if it's the best in the universe. We've got Murray's. Yeah, we've got Murray's. We've got Dundee Pears. Oh, I've got, I've got Holland, Holland's pies near me. Yeah. Yeah, they they are really good. My grand's got chicken feet pies. <laughs> When they arrived at the house, Joseph distracted Judy while Michelle went uh, on to shoot her own father. She, did not, she didn't kill him as her gun had jammed. At this point, Joseph stepped in and murdered both Judy and Wayne. Once the parents were dispatched with, the pair hid the bodies and cleaned the house. That's awfully nice and they're cleaning their parents' house. Oh, that's yep. yeah. Patiently waiting for Michelle's brother, sister-in-law and two young children to come home. See, I was thinking you presumably meant cleaning the evidence and the blood because I thought if they were just tidying up that would be a bit weird to shoot your father-in-law in the face they were just putting their dishes away and stuff yeah. it was like, and like hoovering up and stuff at this stage right they've, they've cleaned the house yep and then they're going to sit and wait for people to come so they can mess the house up again <laughs> it's a bit counterproductive isn't it <laughs> it's just poor planning yeah they should have just not killed anyone yeah. that you know when they got would have been a wasted trip then <laughs> When the um, the brother, sister-in-law and children got to the house, Michelle shot her own brother, Scott. And remember, she just previously tried to shoot her own dad on the same day. Michelle then went on to shoot her sister-in-law, Erica. And once done with them, both Joseph and Michelle killed the children. Olivia aged five, Nathan aged three. I'm sure these children had little to do with the monetary dispute. Uh, but you got to get rid of the witnesses. <sighs> Coming from a man with two children, probably about the same age. They pretty much are. Have you seen how expensive Lego is these days? <laughs> yeah. I suppose if you get rid of the children, you're going to have the danger of standing on Lego. 
<laughs> I think they did go on to say what Stovey just said to um, kill the tra- children. Oh, so they have. <laughs> to avoid having witnesses and fear of scarring the children for life after they just seen their parents slaughtered in front of them. I'm just fucking ruining your script. No, here. no, you're not ruining. You're not ruining anything as long as you've read. You know that bit there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm cool with that. Yep. Are you just are you just reading like half a paragraph ahead and pretending it's your own thoughts? That's, I think that's what he's doing. Yeah, that's why he's been so quiet. He's just studying the whole script. I don't want to take over your podcast. Um, too late, mate. We got you on here to make it more professional. This has backfired. I know you've been the most offensive so far. Once Judy the mother did not. No, you don't read that bit. You take the piss. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Once Judy, the mother, did not show Are up for a co-worker went round to the house a few days later to check up on her. This is when the bodies were found. The police were alerted, and while they were at the house, the two murderers, Joseph and Michelle, drove up to the house and were subsequently arrested for questioning. Yeah, who's the, the next bit's still your bit. Once arrested, they were charged with six counts of first-degree murder and eventually sentenced to jail. Stoby do definition on first-degree murder. <laughs> first degree murder any intentional murder that is willful and premeditated with malice aforethought second degree murder any intentional murder with malice aforethought but is not premeditated or planned in advance it wasn't until January 2014 that Joseph admitted to the murders in an attempt to avoid the death penalty. He's just a self-preserving dickhead, basically. Yes. In December 2014, a 16-man jury... Well, I think I've got dates wrong here, but it's not going to really care. In December 2014, a 16-man jury found both Joseph and Michelle guilty of the murders and both were sentenced to life imprisonment, only escaping the death penalty as there was a temporary prohibition on the death penalty at that moment in time. Lucky them. Lucky them. It's think it's quite interesting when they have these like <clears throat> brief periods where they don't have the death penalty because there wasn't there a serial killer that avoided the death penalty for that reason. Um, Kem- it Kemper. Kemper, yeah, Kemper did, yeah. Yeah, but do you not think it's strange that they say like, well, we would have given him the death penalty, but we don't do that anymore, and yep. then presumably the opposite political party gets into power and they go, oh, by the way, we kill people again now. It is strange, isn't it? They could just say, they, yeah, yeah, it's strange. Fucking backwards. Yeah. The the thing I find really weird, I'm sure it was in the, maybe in the Isle of Man, there was a guy who was done for murder, and he was given the death sentence, but it was overturned because the judge wasn't wearing the death sentence giving hat. Bollocks. Serious. Really? They, was, they have to wear a hat when they're given the death sentence, and he wasn't wearing it, so it got overturned, he got a jail sentence. Do you think it's like a really That's... funny shaped hat to make light of the situation? I don't know, it's maybe a black hood with a skeleton mask. You know? Yeah, I just think just wears the if, screen he comes mask. Out, <laughs> if he comes out wearing the screen mask, you know you're fucked. Yeah, it's like, oh no. Pass me my scythe. <laughs> right. That concludes murders number two. We'll go on to number three now. Anyone want to add anything? Anybody want to go off uh, script anymore? Hmm? Anyone want to read ahead of the thing? script and... You're really, Jump in. in a really angry chain right here. You're not angry. I'm so very no. angry. I'm not at all. I don't get angry. I know, you don't get angry at all. Crimes number three. Ronald Gene Simmons. This story is, I found it anyway, much more disturbing um, 
than the other ones we've just talked about. And I'm not belittling the lives lost, but this story is going to stick with me for a while. So be prepared. Um, this one's got a little bit of backstory to it as well. In Arkansas, 1987, <laughs> December 22nd, 28th, Ronald Gene Simmons committed a spree of murders where he'd go on to kill 16 people within the six-day period. With his love gun? With his love gun indeed. Well, I was going to say that was a period of crazy, crazy nights. <sighs> people died, guys. People died. Simmons was a school dropout and joined the U.S. Navy in 1957. While in the Navy, he married Becky Ulibari, and together they had seven children. Busy, busy. Eight years after the joining the Navy, Simmons, le- Simmons left and joined the U.S. Air Force, where he ended up with a bronze medal star, uh, which is not as good as a gold one. <laughs> this, this Third is award- place in the war. <laughs> there was only two teams. Yeah. This is awarded to someone who generally for um, for some sort of heroic act while serving in the armed forces. He was also awarded the Republic of Vietnam Gallantry Cross, which is a similar award. Um, I mentioned these not to glorify as a, as a as a human, because what he did was monstrous. But these achievements are important, as it shows at one point in time, in the eyes of people who fought and battled beside him, he was in some way a hero. It kind of sounds like you're glorifying him. Okay. You should have said that bit because you defend all the murderers. You poof. <laughs> I wanted to say prick, then I was like, I can't say prick on my podcast. So I've said something that people will probably complain about more. Did you say poof? I said poof. I have an interesting oh, fact for- about poof. <laughs> <laughs> Go. I, I, I was I was just kidding. <laughs> You should have gone poof. It's, it's a noise a smoke bomb made, you know. <laughs> Can I just issue a, a correction of a previous episode? Yes. In the round table uh, discussion that you had, Stobie, I didn't realise that my last made-up fact about Chicago and the kite industry rendered all my other facts unbelievable. All the other facts about Chicago in the H.H. Holmes episodes were 100% true. Oh, yeah, they were, but the one about its um, booming kite industry... Wasn't true. No, that was I'm made sure up. There was one you said at the end. What the, the, that that the was the one. Been true. Yeah, that the, it was the one about the booming kite industry because it's the windy <laughs> city. But the river, dying it green, hot dogs, all that was true. I googled them. That's what our <laughs> yeah, listeners I do. Fe- That's what our one I nearly, I nearly texted does. you. What about your Swedish fan base? They're, it's growing. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Still hot Swedish birds. We've got one listener in Singapore, actually. We've got one Moldovan listener. We've got some people in Australia. Are you going to put me down for this as well, Stoby? I actually looked up how to say hello in Moldovan, but I forgot it. Did you? It's something like... Like Binu Wehan or something, but then we'll just find out it's another server. Yeah, probably, yeah. In a warehouse somewhere in Eastern Europe. For those of you who don't understand this joke, I was really excited when I found out we had listeners in in Sweden... And I told the people on a different podcast, and they all took the piss out of me because that is the Spotify servers in Sweden. And you might have Swedish listeners. Yeah, but not in Sweden because that's the Spotify server. <laughs> but there's no servers in Moldova. They're too poor. <laughs> this is probably He's our gonna... most offensive um, podcast to date. Merry Christmas. <laughs> 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 but then again, I suppose family. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, the Moldovans won't be hearing it till about April anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> um, to our 
American listeners, I learned hello in American. Good night, mate. <laughs> All right, sorry, that's so bad. I didn't know where I was going, and I panicked. Well at least it was. At least it wasn't a gun joke. Yeah, right. That's all the positivity that I've taken away from the research. That he was some, <coughs> some sort of war hero. As an actual fact, he was a goddamn fucking monster. He also had an epic beard. Did he actually? I've not looked pictures of him. Yeah, when they arrested him, it was kind of all brushed up, and he looked like like he'd he looked like a kind of rapey Santa. But then when he was in prison, it got longer and looked cool. <laughs> he got longer. He looked like a rapey Santa. Santa. Yeah. Is that like bad Santa? Oh, fuck me, Santa. Um, yeah. No. Unless Santa killed killed 16 people in a six-day period. No, I don't think so. Well, unless you watch Futurama. Well, that's just a different story for a different day. So in April 1981, Simmons was investigated by the Department of Human Services as there were allegations that he had fathered a child with his 17-year-old daughter as he had been sexually assaulting her. My spider sense is tingling again. Again, this is like because he's a piece of shit, basically. Yeah, yeah. Does that excite you, James? Let's just turn the attention back to you two for a second, please. (laughs) Why has your screen gone blank? (laughs) Stubby. Right. Fearing arrest, Simmons moved himself and his four million children to various locations across Arkansas. Um, Arkansas is 3 million people and 53,000 square miles so he upped the population by 4 million <laughs> I'm just making that joke Everyone needs a hobby. About 8 million children or something I did think the math wasn't working there. Yeah. I think he had 7 children but I've just grossly exaggerated you just lived... rounded it up, it's fine <laughs> Yes, round up by 6 million they lived basically in the middle of nowhere and he was known to be a harsh unforgiving father and his final act as a father was rumoured to be forcing his own children to dig what be used as their own graves. Is that something you're going to try and do, Stubby? It saves me the effort. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fucking hell. I've done some research, um, and no real motive has been concluded. I've read that his wife was possibly going to divorce him, um, that his daughter was rejecting his sexual advances because she hadn't seen his cool beard... And also that a reception that he goes on to murder, receptionist he goes on to murder, was also rejecting his sexual advances. See, I was thinking, just because he's a control freak and anything that goes outside of his plan of how he thinks should, things should be, like, was it his sexual advances or his plans to stay married or, like, if anything happens outside that, just cause him to completely snap and go bananas and just lose it. It could be, but, like, he's probably had rejection in his life and didn't kill all these people, so something must have, you know, triggered him. Really triggered him to do this. Yeah. Now, the thing is, Stubby, I also wanted to bring up, like, this whole, you know, as the family man, if you ever find yourself in a stressful period and you're at the beach with the kids and they've got the buckets and spades, don't be tempted to go down a similar path with the whole digging their own graves thing. I don't think I'm going to hit stressful periods until they're in their teens, at which point they'll not be interested could... in bucket and spades. <laughs> yeah. They might be able to overpower you then, so it's be fine. <laughs> They could probably overpower him now. <laughs> they outsmart me. They outsmart him. Right. Coming up now is basically word for word from Wikipedia because I got lazy. And I'll pass over to the man with the made up <coughs> accent, James. Thank you. Now, shortly before Christmas, Shortly before Christmas, 1987. I'm just going to go off script because I think I'm funny. Sorry. What the fuck was that? 
That's what you guys were doing to me. <laughs> yeah, it was funny then. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Edit. Have you, have you finished? Yes, sorry. At least I didn't do when I got Did angry. You... I didn't kill people. Yet. Yet. Shortly before Christmas, 1987, Simmons decides to kill all the members of his family. On the morning of December 22nd, he first killed his wife Rebecca and eldest son Jean by shooting them with a 22 caliber pistol and then killed their three-year-old granddaughter Barbara by strangulation. Simmons then dumped the bodies in a cesspit he'd made his children dig. Simmons then waited for his other children to return to the house, and after their arrival he told them he had presents for them, and this is fucking horrible, but he wanted to give them to them once at, one at a time. He first killed his daughter, 17-year-old Loretta, whom Simpson strangled and held under the water in a rain barrel. The three other children, Eddie, Marianne and Becky, were then killed in the same way. Around midday on December 26th, the remaining members of the family arrived for their Christmas visit. The first to be killed was Simmons' son Billy and his wife Renata, who were both shot dead. He then strangled and drowned their 20-month-old son Trey. Simmons shot and killed his oldest daughter Sheila, whom he had sexually abused, and her husband, Dennis McNulty. Simmons then strangled his child by Sheila, 7-year-old Sylvia Gale, and finally his 21-month-old grandson Michael. Simmons laid the bodies of his whole family in a neat rows in the lounge. All the corpses were covered with coats, except that of Sheila, who was covered by Rebecca Simmons' best tablecloth. I mean, perhaps that shows that she was his favourite, however perverted that seems, but... Or he ran she's out of getting... coats. He could have run out of coats, but, but I'd like to think that each person came with a coat. <laughs> so, who's Maybe. not got a coat? I don't, have a, I don't go anywhere with coats. Yeah, but you don't feel the cold. Like you're like me. I don't feel the cold either. I feel the cold. That's why I hug you so much. I thought that was because you fancied me. Yeah, look at you. You've got a cool beard. Yeah. Stoby's like nodding in sa- agreement. Like a rapey Santa. You got a beard like a rapey Santa. <laughs> the bodies of the two grandsons were wrapped in plastic sheeting and left in abandoned cars at the end of the lane. See, I was thinking, is he kind of distancing himself from responsibility? This, like saying, I did these ones, but not those. In um, his twisted yeah, mind, yeah. because they were they were a lot younger, weren't they? Yeah, and just it, I don't know, that doesn't seem right. Maybe ran After out of tablecloth. Could have done. Sorry, I shouldn't make light of this situation. <laughs> no. After the murders, <laughs> Simmons went for a drink in the local bar. As you do. Then returned to the house and, apparently oblivious to the corpses lined up around him, spent the rest of the evening and following day drinking beer and watching television. That's pretty fucked up. I mean, that's, that's like mad. Texas. That's like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Or Some something. of the stuff that's like you're saying awful. though, um, where he lines them up in a neat row, you know, and he's covering them up neatly and stuff. That just goes back to what you were saying about being a control freak, doesn't it? Yeah. And strangulation yeah, as well. That's kind of controlling their life, the power over them, rather than <clears throat> shooting some yeah. of them as well. Yeah. It's, it's it's a very I mean like you say strangulation is a very personal way of killing someone yeah. and it takes a lot of strength yeah. to kill someone by strangulation and it's it's a lot harder than people think because once they, they go faint you need to keep on going that's probably why he he used the bucket to drown them in the yeah, rain yeah. barrel that's horrendous that is yeah yeah that's horrendous I hadn't read that I I'd literally copy and pasted that from Wikipedia and that's the first time me actually reading that through and hearing it we shouldn't have covered this <laughs> it's a bunker <laughs> yeah did you not get did, did warning bells not go off when I said you need to cover Ronald Gene Simmons <laughs> yeah it really should have yeah I was like why is he wanting to cover this war veteran <laughs> oh because of the rapey Santa beard yeah yeah kindred spirits 
On the morning of December 28th, Simmons drove into Russellville, walked into a law office and killed the receptionist. Where, sorry? Russellville. I've got an interesting fact about Russellville. I was so tempted Yay! to say a law office and fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> you may talk. I, I don't have a fact, I just want to interrupt you. <laughs> Russellville was named after a dog. No. Jack. Uh, <laughs> He walked into the office and killed the receptionist, a young woman named Kathy Kendrick. Simmons had previously been infatuated with Kendrick, but she had rejected him. He next went to an oil company office, where he shot dead a man named J.D. Chaffin and wounded the owner, Rusty Taylor, and then drove on to a convenience store, where he had previously worked, shooting and wounding two more people. Afterwards, Simmons went to the office of the Woodline Motor Freight Company, where he shot and wounded a woman. Simmons then simply sat in the office and chatted with one of the secretaries while waiting for the police. When they arrived, Simmons handed over his gun and surrendered without any resistance. Where did this all this happen? In a law office, an oil company office, what, what, <laughs> a police station. What what village? Uh, the one that you lived what in. What town? You know, I think Rusty Taylor's quite a... Typical oil company owner name. Yeah, isn't it? Rusty Taylor. Russell. Did he have a cowboy hat and shoot two revolvers in the air when he celebrated? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Where was it? Russellville. I've got, Arkansas. I've got, I've got an interesting fact about Russellville. It's got a population of estimated 29,318 people. That's not interesting. Nope. You missold that. Yep. Move on. He was, <laughs> he was then eventually sentenced to death. He did not appeal, and he was very active in supporting his punishment, stating that I, Reginald Gene Simmons Sr., wanted to be known that it is my wish and my desire that absolutely no action by anybody be taken to appeal or in any way change this sentence. It is further respectfully requested that this sentence be carried out expeditiously. Can I change the sentence? Yes. His name's not Reginald. Did I say Reginald? <laughs> did I say Reginald? Yeah. Yeah, you did. I'm not saying that again. I'm just going to edit over and just be like, Ronald. Who's <laughs> Reginald Gene Simmons? Is that even a real person? So, on June 25th, 1990, Ronald Gene Simmons was put to sleep by way of lethal injection. You know, I like the way you said put to sleep. He should have been strangled. That's what they should do. That's how they should do it. Yeah, but you've said put to sleep like he's a spaniel. I wanted to like put him down like he's a fucking dog. Destroyed. He's like a dog that's been hit by a car and needs to be put down. Oh, I, I, I mean, a mercy killing. No, I don't know. I just I don't know why I put that. All right. <laughs> I was possibly drunk. Possibly high on fucking crack. High on fucking, more like. No, I, I, no. <laughs> Come on. Come on, guys. That's what he was saying, high on crack. High on, yeah, high on bad <laughs> crack. I like the way you took all the subtlety out of that then, Chen. I know. Just in case people That's can't. That's like, Yeah. Going ball deep. Yeah. Because it's a sex joke. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and I think... Um, this is where we should conclude our Christmas special. I think, He's getting a bit messy. I think it was fucking horrendous. 
It is, however, a timely reminder that sometimes we don't get on with our family, sometimes we don't speak to family, and sometimes we get annoyed by our families. But at the end of the day, at least they aren't burning our houses down with a homemade flamethrower. <laughs> exactly. Anybody would like to add anything before we sign off? Uh, <clears throat> I just think this is a. It's been quite a good format. I think we're going to do this more often. Try and get guest presenters on because Stoby, you've been absolutely quiet. I can't think. <laughs> quiet. He's just been a little giggle pit in the corner. Yeah, you've you've been. I've enjoyed looking at you. You've been eye candy if nothing else. <laughs> Stunning, isn't he? Stunning. Yeah, I've had a you wank or something. Me. Your listeners are going to be like, "Oh, I need to Google this guy, find pictures, and be like, oh shit." They probably all found us via you anyway. <laughs> they're like best looking guy in Scotland, and you just come up. They're like, "Oh, he's a podcast host." <laughs> he's like, <laughs> it's, it's funny actually because I was searching for another podcast earlier, and Fair City was the first result that came up. Was it? What were you ser- searching for? The Fair City. Uh, the Fair City, yeah. The Fair it's, quite, it's, it's also quite good because. If you look for Fair City podcast before, you always got this Our Fair City, uh-huh. which is Off-site, an Australian one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now we're starting to creep up into the search results, which is quite good. Um, we can be found. Do you want to actually say where you can be found? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me at FC Podnet on the old Twitters. And if you've enjoyed what you've heard tonight and want to contribute to the Chen's Ear Restoration Fund. <laughs> <laughs> James nearly spat his drink out there. <laughs> I did. <laughs> He's just fallen off his bed or wherever he is. If you don't know, I've got funny ears. I've just shaved my head and they look ridiculous. So I'll put I'll put a picture on the Instagram near the time anyway. <laughs> it's like in The Simpsons when they've got little triangles and yeah. it's like yeah okay yeah they're disgusting, aren't they? Not at all. Have I, you ever seen a piglet? Have I ever seen what? A piglet. Do I look like a piglet? The ears do. You're a fucking piglet. I know. With a rapey Santa beard. Right, sorry, have you finished exactly. telling everyone where you can get Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. you find me at FC Podnet and you can find us fcpod.net. Yep, the Fair City Podcast Network. Very good, very good. Thanks for having me on. It's been a pleasure, it's been, it's been fun. fun. We should do more like this. Yes. Everybody. Yeah, we should. <laughs> sorry, I just remembered something, I got really excited. Um, James, can you remember where we can be found because I've not written this down? <laughs> I can be found uh, wanking in the bushes outside your house. <laughs> That's to the listeners. Jesus Christ. There's like no hold barred in this episode. I'm We're four beers in. I'm, fa- I, who knows Facebook, what's going to happen next. Facebook.com mess podcast, I think. Instagram is a bloody mess podcast. And Twitter, twitter.com slash mess underscore podcast. Yep. That's that's it. That's correct. You can find me as on Instagram. I've got lots of pictures of my dog. Stoby's on Instagram. That's mm-hmm. about it, really. Yeah. I hope you've enjoyed this. Um, I hope you're having a good day because this will be Christmas that's coming out. So finally, just Merry Christmas, motherfuckers. Bye! You've been listening to another great podcast from the Fair City Podcast Network, a group dedicated to connecting and developing podcasts. Check out fcpod.net for more great podcasts and content.